0: Well, good morning. We are glad that you have joined us this morning, and you today have the opportunity to join us either on Facebook Live or on YouTube Live, which I'm assuming you have already figured out, or you would not be watching this right now. Um, But we are glad that you're here, and so thankful for our worship team. We're going to try over the next few weeks to kind of rotate out some new fresh faces, and uh, give them an opportunity to have a little bit of community, and also to be able to lead us in worship, um, and, uh, and just to remind ourselves that we are a family here. So we are glad that you're here. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, just know that we've been doing things a little bit differently, not really that different from what we do on a normal Sunday morning, but um, Scott's been joining me, uh, and we are just talking through kind of the message, and it's a lot of back and forth so uh, we do a lot of interactive sermons this is a little different but we're still interacting if you're joining us on youtube just know that we're only following comments on facebook this week we can't we can't manage two networks and following comments and talking about what we're supposed to talk about yeah
1: Yeah, we do well to do do what we're doing (laughs) trying to try to be interactive in the sermon as well as watching your comments so if you see me looking down throughout the sermon that's what i'm doing i'm on facebook I posted on here a minute ago, this is the only time your pastors will be happy that you're on Facebook during the sermon. That's
0: right. That's right.
1: So we are monitoring the comments. We encourage you to comment throughout, and we'll try and and get those and work them into our sermon as we go. Yeah. Uh,
0: I do want to give you just a a few, not announcements, but opportunities. Some of you have been asking about opportunities to serve, which I, I think is beautiful. We are a serving church. We serve in lots of places in the community. Um, I wanted to let you know about a few opportunities, and we're, we're going to share more as we get more information and ways that you can plug in. Um, for those of you who have helped with the food pantry, we do have another food distribution at Red Bank United Methodist Church on Thursday. However, uh, in an attempt to stay somewhere around the 10 volunteer uh, number, uh, they are only asking you to come to the food pantry if you have been contacted by them. So we're not just all going to in mass show up. Instead, if you haven't gotten a call then, or you haven't gotten an email, uh, then don't go. If you have a question, then let me know and I'll get in touch with you and let you know uh, who should and shouldn't be there. So that's happening with the food pantry. But we have some other opportunities to get involved uh, right now in the community, which is vitally important. Um, three that we're going to be talking about more and more, especially over the next week. Uh, one is uh, the Hamilton County Baptist Association is collecting food um, that is being dispersed in two churches in East Chattanooga. So downtown Chattanooga, um, an area of great need, with not as much access to grocery stores. Um, If you want to bring food, you can bring it to the Hamilton County Baptist Association. That is on Access Road um, right off of 153, You can literally take it to the door and leave it, and then they will come get the food and bring it in. So you're not having to talk to anybody, not going to have a a chance of cross-contamination or anything like that. Um, Option number two, or an opportunity number two, a lot of you have seen that there is a great need for students who would normally eat at school, and they're not having that opportunity. School buses for Hamilton County Schools right now are driving all the bus routes and handing out meals Uh, to people that need them. Uh, They're not requiring you to sign up for anything. You don't have to prove your need. Uh, I don't think you even have to prove that you're a student, (laughs) although (laughs) it's probably pretty evident whether you are or not. Uh, They're only allowing a bus driver and a volunteer on a bus, and those volunteer positions are absolutely full. They really don't need a whole lot more people helping with that. However, packing the meals has become very burdensome. There are three schools in the Chattanooga area that have become packing centers. Uh, one is at Hardy Elementary, one is at, I think it's Udawah Elementary, and one is at Hickson High School. Uh, I, a couple of days ago, I understand, volunteers started early in the morning, seven, eight in the morning, did not finish till about one o'clock the next morning, um, so th- there's been a, a, a large out. Or, number of people volunteering to be on the bus, but we need people to volunteer to help uh, pack these meals. We're going to give you more are, information on that, Are they, they that also too.
1: still more slammed on Thursdays than they are, or Fridays than they are the rest of the week because aren't they preparing meals for three days on those days to distribute? Yes. So that, that's where they got into trouble this week, I think, was they needed more volunteers towards the end of the week.
0: Yes, Thursdays and Fridays are typically the days that you would volunteer to do that. So we will pass that um, link on to you. You can sign up. Um, They do want to be intentional. They don't want you just to show up. Um, So there is a sign-up list that's going around. We'll send that out um, after we get a little more information about exactly what is needed. But for the most part, you show up and you pack pack lunch boxes um, or pack lunches for kids. Um, And then the third opportunity is that we are looking for a way to work with the United Way to keep in touch with our senior citizens in the Chattanooga area. Uh, they have compiled a list and they're looking for people just to make phone calls to check in and just to make sure people are doing okay. So those are some opportunities that you can get involved with and we'll continue to put those out probably tomorrow um, with all the ways for you to sign up or for you to show up. And I would love if you're looking for an opportunity and you're healthy, you're not sick, you're not coughing, uh, that you could go and you could help. And if you're not in one of the higher risk groups. Another thing I want you to know is next week we're going to take communion together. Now, next week is Palm Sunday, and it's going to be very interesting how we do it. You have two ways that you can take communion with us. We're going to have communion here, uh, and then you can either email me, call me, text me, whatever, and I'm going to send you one of these little single-serve packets you peel the first layer off and there's a little wafer in there. You peel the second layer off and there's some grape juice. If you would like for me to mail you some enough for your family, then you need to get in touch with me and give, give me your address and I will get those to you. Um, if you would like to pick up some extra bread or if you just have bread at home or you want to get some grape juice, uh, Herman's already asked me about wine. You can, If you, if you want to use wine, you can use wine um, and you can just... Take that together as a family in the your The homeschool home.
1: parents are out of wine, but now yeah. I think so. <laughs> right. so, that, so. that may not be That's right. applicable. Homeschool <laughs> parents, they're, yeah,
0: they're recovering right now. So, yeah. um, And tomorrow starts another week. Um, but listen, we've got some really great things coming up. Um, we are going to get through this. You are doing a great job. Parents, I just want you to know at our house, uh, we're still catching up from last week's work. So if you're catching up from last week's work, listen, you're not alone. There's a lot of us out there. And we are even more thankful for our teachers. I think maybe teachers should get a raise after all this is over, right? Um, probably should have already, it should have already happened, but uh, definitely now. All right? So those are all the things I wanted to share with you. Um, I am going to ask you to to talk amongst those within your house uh, about a specific question like we've done in person here. Um, I posted that on Facebook, but if you haven't seen it, this is the question that I I want you to to give us some feedback through the comments. Um Scott or I pr- probably Scott is going to read them and and then we'll we'll uh read those uh on camera and then we will respond to those as well. This is the question. Today we're talking about the Genesis chapter 11, the last chapter in our series on Genesis 1 through you can guess 11. Uh and we're going to be talking about the Tower of Babel. When we get to this point, the question is Is this a story of God's oppression of a free-minded people, a story of liberation, or something else? And you can find that question on our Facebook page, or if you're in our Facebook group for Journey, you will find that question there. All right, so last week, we talked about um, Nimrod is a riveting discussion. Yes, Mr. Nimrod, the tyrant. <laughs> Nimrod, the tyrant. And we talked about, I don't know how many people looked up Bugs Bunny. Um, and
1: surely somebody did. If you did comment in the comments, I want to know, somebody went and looked for the Bugs Bunny clip.
0: <laughs> yeah, for some reason, MASH clips keep showing up on my Facebook feed. I don't know why. Clips from old okay, shows that's, that's of weird. MASH. I don't, know, I don't know what I've done. Maybe it's the medical stuff. It's I don't the, know. It's
1: the demographic. The old folks are getting MASH now, so. That was, nece- was not necessary. It is funny. I was telling Mark this morning there are so many things in the Facebook algorithm that are missing now that the, the one thing they haven't missed is the sponsored ads. You still get all of those <laughs> all the time up top, but there's friends that, I, that comment that you never see. So uh, you kind of have to intentionally go and look for it sometimes, yes. the content you want. Speaking
0: of sponsored ads. We would like to take this moment to thank all of our sponsors today.
1: Yes. <laughs> uh, we
0: are very appreciative of those who are continuing to give online. And you can give online at com forward slash give. That was a terrible segue. Ter- terrible but-, seg-
1: but one thing that a group of pastors and I were talking about this week is, you know, some people are uncomfortable giving online, don't want to give online. You can still go to our, our uh, Journey Chattanooga webpage and find our address and just mail a check. You, yes. can, you can certainly do that. We'll be going to the bank and... Just all that sort of stuff is going on as normal. So if you're uncomfortable giving online, we understand that for yes. some folks, that's, uh, that's perfectly fine. And like I said, we hate, to, we hate to even bring up money, but our bills continue whether anything else does or not.
0: That's right. That's right. Um, so last week, we talked about Nimrod. And what we determined um, through a number of sources, and we're going to read some of those again today, specifically from Josephus, who gives us a lot of background on Nimrod is that Nimrod came from the lineage of Ham. And if you'll remember the story of Noah's fall, which was actually Noah's and Ham's fall, uh, that Ham was cursed, Shem was blessed, and the curse for Ham was that his son Canaan and lineage would be subservient to Shem's. Nimrod comes on the scene, and we read about him first in chapter 10, but I wanna remind you that chapter 10 actually happens after chapter 11 because one of the ending pieces of chapter 11 is because of their endeavor to build the Tower of Babel, uh, they are dispersed and given multiple languages. But when we begin chapter 10, it actually says these multiple languages already exist, and they're already being dispersed. But that's where Nimrod is introduced. So what we talked about last week is very relevant to this week. But chapter 10 is actually... About events happening before chapter eleven, we we read that uh, he was a tyrant and he loved to be in control. Uh, scripture says that he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. And what we, d- we discuss about that actual language is that means he was against the Lord. Nimrod hated God, and so Nimrod began to build up this empire. He was after the flood the first empire builder that we find. But what Nimrod is probably most known for is this building of the Tower of Babel, and that's what we're going to cover today, and then we're going to end. I want to remind you that throughout this entire series, we have followed a consistent pattern of the way God works in our lives. And I want you to know, coronavirus or not, God is still in the same pattern. And that is a God of creation. He's creating, building. He's making things that are good. There's a period of uncreation, which almost always follows some period of pushing back against God that feels very painful to us. It becomes very chaotic. We saw that with Adam and Eve when they ate from the tree of the garden. We saw that with Cain and Abel. Uh, We see that with uh, the rise of chaos in the world before the flood, which leads God to regret what he has done, change his mind, repent, not because he did something wrong, but repent because he's now going to do something different. And then there are moments after that uncreation where God recreates again. So we follow this, uh, this creation, uncreation, recreation theme throughout all of Genesis 1 through 11. And we find that here as well. God has recreated. He has, he has given Noah favor. They have survived the flood. They are repopulating the earth. Nimrod comes on. The scene, and then we begin a period of uncreation as he leads people away uh, from God. So that's where we are. That's where we've been. Let's read um, what Josephus said. We read uh, a little bit of this last week just to remind ourselves, and then we'll move on. It says, Now it was Nimrod who excited them to such an affront and contempt of God. He was the grandson of Ham, the son of Noah, a bold man, and of great strength of hand. He persuaded them to ascribe it to God, uh, excuse me, he persuaded them not to ascribe it to God as if through his means they were happy, but to believe that it was their own courage which procured their happiness. In other words, it was because of Nimrod and their own courage, not because of God, that they'd find any happiness or joy in the world. He also gradually changed the government into tyranny, seeing no other way of turning men from the fear of God but to bring them into a constant dependence on his power, which if we go through history, there is a common thread that tyrants want you to trust them, no one else. You must rely on them. And if they have to force you into oppression so that you rely on them for everything, then that's what they do and where we get the idea of tyranny. I like one
1: thing here that that Josephus says in the the very first part of the description. He says that Nimrod... It was Nimrod that excited them. He used their own natural inclinations, their own motives against them to get them to follow him. Yes. He knew what they wanted. He knew what they were looking for. He knew they weren't relying on God for it. And he stepped in and said, I can provide all those things that you're looking for.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Good. Yeah. He goes on. Um, he also said he would be revenged on God if he should have a mind to drown the world again, which God has already said he's not going to. And up to this point, has kept his promise. But Nimrod says, if he's going to do that again, for that he would build a tower too high for the waters to be able to reach, and that he would avenge himself on God for destroying their forefathers. Now, again, this is Josephus. Josephus was a first century teacher, rabbi, who kind of swapped sides went from being a a rebel and a leader of the Jews to totally ingratiated with Rome, uh, even changes his citizenship, changes his name, but he is one of our most reliable sources of things that happened from the first century A.D., and what he's telling us would have been passed down from generation to generation, teacher to teacher, um, until he put it into words that we can read today. And as I read this... It reminds me that there is sometimes a battle between understanding and experiencing the beauty of Christ, the beauty of God, and the desire for pragmatism, the desire for self-sufficiency, the desire to do things all my way. And so if we approach this story from the celebration of self-sufficiency, individualism, rugged individualism yeah. maybe a term we would use yeah, today.
1: Yeah, the, the pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, the, you know, the, like I said, so much individualism, the things that we can do. You don't even see that currently during the, the current times we're going through. You know, your family should have been better prepared and had more toilet paper. You should have been more self-sufficient. You shouldn't rely on the stores. You shouldn't rely on the government. So, yeah, there are some things that we can do to be self-sufficient, but also... We start doing that so much in our own lives that we think, well, I've got it made. I've got everything I'll need. I don't need God in this situation. Yeah, and I I
0: think one of the things that we're seeing that um, there are are only certain times within your life that you have significant breaks to stop and reconsider everything. This is one of them. I mentioned a few weeks ago, one of the things I miss about being in school was the semester schedule. Get a fresh start every semester. I think many people are finding that they're getting a fresh start now and finding some of the things that we pushed off to the side that didn't feel that important are now beginning to take prominence again.
1: Yeah, and that's one of the hopes is, is we, we wonder as, as time goes on. Uh, I've seen this often in the comments this morning is will we become um, more appreciative of being able to meet together as God's children as a, as a faith community here, to be able to yeah. get together and, and see each other and hug each other and shake hands and, and laugh and cry together as things, you know, we can't do. So
0: Yes. It is just the few people that we have in the, in, in the room, just enough to pull off what you see happening right now. It, it's just good to be in the room with people. And for some of you, you would like to be in the room with people other than maybe the people you've been in the room with for the <laughs> last two weeks. Um, but it, there is a beauty in this community and in this reliance upon each other and this need for each other. And what I I think is probably happening is some people are rediscovering the beauty of their family and the beauty of their time together. There are some things that are more important than individualism, not to Nimrod, but to us. I've seen many people say, that they are having kind of an awakening within their own family, a time where they're all around the table together. They're spending time together. They're playing games together. They're, you know, I, I, I know at times on each other's nerves. I know that's happening in our <laughs> house, maybe not at your house. Yeah. Uh, I only have my wife there, i so It's just I'm care, you and anybody. Karen, so you need to be careful what you say. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, uh, you, you know, and so there's, there's a beauty in some things that you can't necessarily put a practical um, description to. And, and following Christ is, is that, knowing God, walking with him. And we've tried, to, we've tried to talk maybe too much, although I don't think it's too much, about the difference between being religious and knowing and following Christ. Because being religious will disappoint you and wear you out and make you hate God. But knowing God, walking with him, the ability to just pray just heartfelt prayers to to know that he is there with you around you his love encompasses you knowing those things uh, there are there are times that that you can you know i will just uh put out in in prayer to god everywhere that i am the good the bad and the ugly and i have never had god say stop it <laughs> stop it now at times through that time of prayer, he'll either bring some scripture to mind or just remind me, you're throwing a bit of a pity party, Mark, or that's really not good on your, that's not my fault, God would say, that's, that's something <laughs> you're doing. And, but yet he speaks to me and helps me in those moments. There is a beauty in knowing and walking with God that cannot be found in relationships with other people. But yet what we're also finding right now when we are not supposed to be spending time with other people is there is a beauty in community. Maybe some of us are forgotten. I
1: I was really thinking this. I thought this even in Tracy's prayer this morning that, you know, I worked at home a lot by myself during the week. And and that's okay to some points if you're busy. But that gets monotonous there's no fellowship there's no contact with other people and i and i got to thinking i wonder if god sees us that way often that i'm here wanting to fellowship with you and you're turning your back on me and paying no attention to me yeah that he craves that fellowship with us he tells us in scripture that he craves that that oftentimes if we're too busy or whatever we don't return that feeling to god
0: yeah you know another thing that that we're finding is in that same vein what does it look like for us to really rely on god I mean, for most of us. What does it really look like? Oh, go ahead. Ah, okay. Uh, a
1: point from, from Leslie, who was here with us worshiping this morning, leading worship, is that she doesn't know because she doesn't know what that looks like and how to do it. And I think a lot of us can relate to that is how we do fully rely on God. Um, you know, there there are things that God tells us to be planners sometimes. Like God probably expects you to have more than 24 hours of food in your house Mm -hmm. god expects you to plan that one day you may not be able to work and you may need some savings or you may have emergencies i don't think necessarily relying on god means going off with no plans or whatever and and taking no responsibility for your own actions but also i think there's a lot of things that we do that allow us not to rely on god
0: yeah yeah absolutely um, we, Scott and I were talking before, and one of the things that's important to recognize, I, I would say people who are really having to rely on God are those who have lost income, you know. Uh, and, and the problem is, is you have no, you can't just go out and get another job. Now, there are some people who are hiring. You know, Walmart's hiring, grocery stores are hiring, Amazon's hiring. But you can't just necessarily go out and get a job because nobody, a lot of people aren't working. And so you're having to trust and I would say that some cynics would say, well, uh, trusting God must mean that God replaces every dollar that you've lost.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a very much a one-to-one thing, even with the—I uh, thought about that this week as the uh, government passed a, a large stimulus. What was it, Two $2 trillion? Almost an unimaginable number that people are thinking, well, yeah, those, those folks that are our—they're going to be okay now. They're going to get 1200 or $2,400 plus— you know, five hundred dollars for per kid. You know, the cheapest rent in Chattanooga for a one bedroom apartment's around a thousand dollars. You know, we've got to be realistic. That's not a one to one replacement. Those people are still gonna be hurting, they're gonna still be needing things, and their businesses that they were working in may never come back. We don't know. There are small businesses that have already said, We will not reopen. This is, this was just a this is now a failed venture and those folks will have to find employment elsewhere. So in the same way God I don't think gives us a, a one to one thing. He'll meet our needs but maybe not so much our wants
0: yes there are there are some that may not survive there are churches that may not be here when this is over does that mean god doesn't love them does that mean god's not providing for them does that mean that that god is not trustworthy for them
1: and yet and of all people there there shouldn't be a pastor out of working In town Uh, i I don't know i can speak for myself and mark we haven't slacked up on doing church duties in any way Uh, the church is still the church uh, still has the same needs we're still trying to bring you what we think god is is leading us to bring you and there's pastors all over chattanooga all over the country that are doing the same thing so it's kind of unfair to we, we often look at people like you've put yourself in this situation or you 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 know it is something you've done. Well, God isn't really discriminating in this in this deal. There are pastors that are going to be hurting in this. There's churches that are going to be hurting. There's like small businesses are.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I do think for people of faith, we have to begin to identify what does it mean to trust God. And one of the things we see in the story of the Tower of Babel is that there's not it's not just that they don't trust God. There is a need for self-sufficiency. And what God may be trying to provide in trusting him is not always the sufficiency that we would choose for ourselves, but there may be other things. Let's dive in and, and see where that yeah, may one, take one us. One quick
1: point I think here that's really relative to the conversation we've been having is Rick Adams says, trust unconditional love. Yeah, Man, how can, you, how can you not trust something that's unconditional? It's not based on our behavior. It's based on God's goodness.
0: Yes, 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 yes.
1: So let's jump into
0: Genesis chapter 11. We're just going to read the begin with the first four verses because um, that kind of sets up the story. And it says, now the whole earth had one language and the same words. That verse is why we believe that chapter 11 comes before chapter 10. The whole earth had one language. Go back to read chapter 10, you'll find all of the different clans that are separated with all of their different languages, um, and that's in chapter 10. So the whole earth had one language and the same words, and as people migrated from the east, uh, they fa- and which is where everybody was, by the way, <laughs> because yeah. as no one his family, everyone yeah. was in the east. Pretty much everyone was in the Middle East. We talked a little bit about that last week. Um, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. And they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and bitumen for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of of the whole earth.
1: There's a lot of language about what we're going to do for us. Yeah, there's a lot of us in that verse. And I was thinking this morning, what would that that passage of Scripture look like if we replaced each one of those us's with I, I'm mm-hmm. going to do this, because mm-hmm. that's really what we're saying.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So as we look through those, especially verse four, especially verse four, the folly of Nimrod and really all the people that followed him, because remember, he built an empire he was a magnificent person. He was a great hunter. He was strong. He was a great leader. He was a great thinker. He was able to, because empires don't, aren't just made out of lots of people. But keep in mind, an empire at this time is still not a lot of people. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we're, at best, uh, scholars would say there may be around 30,000 people on the face of the earth at this time. Uh, and that's having a lot of kids which may happen in nine months here. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to... Our nursery yeah. may be packed in nine it's months. It's
1: either that or I've also, we've also said that uh, depending on your family situation, it may be divorces in two months. Or it divorces just, in two depends months. depends on how Let's well the that's along. That's, that's right. Look, that's Let's not it. Let's look to the positive. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So the folly of Nimrod and all the people that followed him uh, can, be, can be found in four statements, but I'm going to list those in two. And it is, let us build ourselves a city... Instead of filling the earth. Instead of filling the earth. Genesis nine one, now this was the call to Adam, and then when Noah and everyone got off of the ark, Noah and his family got off of the ark, this is what he God said to them. Genesis chapter nine verse one. God blessed Noah and his sons and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. God's call has always been be fruitful and multiply and and fill the earth which means be fruitful and multiply and don't stay in the same place scatter go out into all the earth fill all the earth and yet what they are saying is really two-pronged number one we're going to build something for us and i think that city would probably representing their own security safety
1: yeah yeah it's our own community there's nobody from outside ever going to harm us we've We've done everything to fortify ourselves into this, this community group that we're all going to take care of each other and nothing's ever going to harm us because we've got each other's backs That's right. considering God. That's right, that's right. So, you know, one thing too here I find interesting, Mark, when uh, this passage um, that talks about God and Noah and Noah's family was spared, okay? And we look at that and we see that everyone that was spared came from Noah's family. That would include Nimrod, Mm-hmm. Nimrod's back here. We read from, the, from Josephus a minute ago. Nimrod is going to avenge his forefather's death. His forefather was Noah and was blessed because of his faith in God. And yet Nimrod has kind of twisted the story to fit his own needs that, no, 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 no. God didn't preserve us. He killed all of our, mm-hmm. our people, you know, without looking he at it. He wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Noah's faith.
0: Yeah. You know, one of, one of the things that are, I think, become more significant as you get to know someone when you when you get to know a high capacity person and we all have different capacities i would consider myself a medium capacity person Uh, i wish i would like to say i'm a high capacity person yet my experience tells me otherwise (laughs) right yeah I, i can follow that but a high capacity person these are the people that just walk in the room and get things done they just seem smarter than everybody else, better than everybody else, faster than everybody else. They get you know, raises quicker than anybody else. Um, those high-capacity people, it, it, you talk to anyone who studies atheism, and you will find um, that those who are high-capacity have a tendency to not have faith in God and instead have faith in their abilities, their own abilities. This would be Nimrod.
1: Yeah, and, and you know how many times I think we mentioned this last week do we confuse what's high capacity with just general charisma and being followed? Yes. You know, this guy has an appealing personality. He seems powerful. He has lots of stuff. He has Mm -hmm. lots of goods, lots of other people follow him. I think I should do the same. And it may be a facade. They may not be any higher capacity than we are, but we think they are.
0: Yes. And this also leads me to what does it look like to trust God? And I think most people would say or would pray, I would like to be a higher-capacity person. That may be better. I, I remember uh, John Maxwell, who uh, still does leadership training. One, of, he, he came up with some laws for leadership, and one of them was the law of the lid. The law of the lid says that you will only be able to lead people that lead up to your own level. You'll never be able to yeah. lead someone over you. That's the lid. So you can lead to here, a higher-capacity person— will not want to be led by a lower-capacity person. And that always bothered me. Uh, I, I think there's probably some truths to that. In other words, I don't want to submit myself to someone who I don't think is doing a good job. Right. You know, I think that's probably realistic. However, there, there is a place in this where self-sufficiency just ekes its way in To say, I can do this myself, and I don't really need you. I don't really need anybody else. And high-capacity people struggle with this in the sense of, I don't need anyone else who's not also high-capacity, which Scripture would say is completely opposite. Nimrod falls into this description
1: perfectly. I can do it. I can do it better than anybody in the world at this point. Matter of fact, I'm just giving you the privilege of serving alongside of me and doing some things, because really I could do this better and do it myself, but I'll kind of let you in on the deal because you're following me. You know, in, in, in talking about those high-capacity leaders and the things that we look up to, many of those are business principles that we've all heard. You know, you have mm-hmm. to lead up to this way. What does that do when we can, and Mark and I have talked about this on several occasions, what does that look like when the church begins to adopt those same business principles inside the church? Yeah, yeah. Okay, this pastor over here that's been faithful for 30 years with his small congregation He's not nearly as good as this dynamic pastor over here that has 2,000 in his congregation. Right, right, right. right. And, and where we don't know their hearts and we don't know how God's using them, they may both perfectly be in God's will or maybe neither of them are. But we tend to judge on their accomplishments and not their hearts. Yes, and one of the
0: reasons that I, I bring that up is that we have a tendency to want to stay really close to the chest and we really want to make sure that we're taken care of. And if we are higher capacity, then we want to make sure that we get take care of ourselves first. Um, that's a little bit of what's happening here with Nimrod. Come on in. Come on in. Let's stay all close. Let's Let's not. We don't need God. We don't need anybody else. We got us. And you know what? We are going to be the best thing that ever happened to this place. And for Nimrod... You know, wanting to push back to all of those forefathers is really uh, more him saying we should be able to do whatever we want, whenever we want to do it.
1: Yeah, in Immerall's in case, or in even cases in today's society, what what does it look like that those, those high capacity people think? You know what? I'm higher capacity. I deserve more than you do as yes. well. You're following me. I'm at the top. I deserve more than you do because really, it's all on me. If it wasn't for me none of the things you have would exist.
0: Oh, yeah. And boy, we hear that message all the time. All the time. All the time. Yeah, that's true. That's the
1: reason you should follow me is because I'm so good at this. I'll make your life better. Yeah. Which is the exact thing that Nimrod used.
0: Right. So folly number one, let us build ourselves a city, and we're not going to follow God's instruction to go out and fill the earth. We're going to stay right here. The second folly that they had was we're going to build a tower that reaches the heavens so we can make a name for ourselves which is just so silly
1: I, I mean today for us for them not so much yeah well, it's, we think we think scientifically right they they weren't they weren't bothered by science or, or yeah or, or constrained by what they thought they couldn't do which sometimes can be a hamper on you even as a christian we'll talk about that a little bit more later about the the fear of doing things you've never done but they weren't afraid of that for yeah. sure they, they weren't afraid of it because they thought god had them they thought nimrod had had the answer and We'll go build that tower. We'll we'll yeah. build we'll build it as big as we need to. Yeah. So I so I did some. I, I just you have
0: to understand their mindset was God was just like somewhere up there in the clouds, and and some of us still have that mindset somewhere up there in the clouds. Now, other than flat earthers who believe that every image we have of the Earth is fake, right. um, it is not round. It is flat and you can get to the edge, and who knows where God is and all this. We recognize that the earth exists just enveloped by space. Right. And we're just a small part of a massive uh, universe. Um, and so had they tried to reach God somewhere up there, I, I just did some looking. So how, how tall would a building have to be in order to technically, let's say, go as far as we can possibly think, and that would be space? Yeah. And, and what I found was, If you could get up to 50 miles above the surface of the earth, then that could technically be called space, even though there's not a line that says, now you're in space, like you're now leaving the earth, now you're in space. There's a
1: sign, now entering
0: space. (laughs) That's right, that's right. Here's the Red Center, last stop. Um, But the tallest building in the world is in Dubai, I think, unless my dad is wrong. Yeah, I think that's correct. even if if there is another taller building, in 2010, a building was built in Dubai, and I can't remember the name of it, is roughly, it's just shy of half a mile tall. Yeah. Half a mile tall. You would literally, to technically get to the place of space, have to build a tower that was 100 times taller than the tallest tower we know of. Now, we know that. Yeah. B- based on our scientific discovery, based on the ability to go out into space, they didn't know that. Right. I mean, all they could see was... The blue sky and think, ah, that must be where God
1: is. Yeah, I was thinking, you know, a half mile, you know, 2,000-something feet, whatever it is. Think of the highest mountains we know of, how high they are in elevation compared to other people. But when you look out there at that mountain, does it look that tall? Yeah. It it does not look that tall. So they would be building this tower thinking, you know what, I'm looking at this. It's it's lining up. It's like... You know, it's about, even with the highest mountain, we can say, we're, we're going to be good. We're going to get to the point that God can't flood us out again.
0: Yes, yes, which is, is something that Josephus brings out. Right. The, the text, the biblical text itself does not. But Josephus uh, brings that out, that he is, in fact, attempting to um, escape a potential flood number two. Let's build a tower that reaches the heavens. So we can make a name for ourselves. In other words, so that we can rival God. Which is the oldest
1: temptation literally in the book. <laughs> I, you know, Isn't that where we get Satan from? The reason he's a fallen angel? Yeah. The same, hey, you know, I can do as good a job as you can.
0: Uh, yeah, I want to be equal with God. Yeah. And then what does he tempt um, Adam and Eve, or Eve yeah. with?
1: Yeah, you'll, you'll know. You'll be like God. Maybe.
0: You'll know you'll be just like God. So it's, this is the oldest temptation in the book. We don't need God. We are just as good as him,
1: which is so silly. You know, even, even Satan's tempting. Jesus was a a, a yes. bit of that. It's like, you know, you can jump off this high place and God will say, you because you're, you're basically, you are God. And he also said, if you bow down to me, I will give you the Everything. whole yeah. world, which like, you don't have it, so all, how can you well, give it to I me? know, and Jesus does. Yeah. Jesus already has it, yeah. and
0: Satan's like, I'll give it to you. It's like, you know, I, I, I'll give you the keys to your, your, your own car. car yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and the payment that goes with it. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so, this, this, but this leads us to a bit of a, I won't say a moral quandary, but something that as as a people of faith we have to wrestle with, and we have to have an answer for. And this is the question that I, I, I posted on Facebook. I, I read to you um, just as we began this morning. And that is, and I hope that you've been discussing this kind of a, within your family. I know we already have some comments on a previous post about this. But the question is, is this a story of God's oppression of a free-minded people? In other words, as we get to the, other, the rest of the story, and we know that God is going to, to hamper their work. The tower is going to get halted. They're going to be spread out. We'll read that in a minute. But at this point, what they're saying is, leave us alone. Don't tell us what to do. Let us do things for ourselves and let us be what we want to be. The question really falls down to, should God let them do that? Is God stepping in where he shouldn't be stepping in? And so I gave three choices for this and the third choice lets you take it wherever you want. Is it a story of God's oppression of a free-minded people? Is he oppressing them by not letting them build what they want to build? Is it? Option two: a story of liberation, and if so, why? And then, number three, or is there another takeaway that you have from this? So, if you if you've been thinking about it, rather if if this is your first time with us, normally we would stop and let people discuss in the room. We're not going to do that today because stopping online feels weird.
1: Yeah, it does. It, it, there's a little lag here, so it'll be really awkward. <laughs> yeah. So. 11-second delay. There's 11 seconds. Okay, uh, depending on
0: your device, depending, <laughs> depending on your device. So, um, so I'd like to hear what your comments are, and we'll read them, and I'm a, I'll, I'll pull them up on mine as well. We'll read them. I will read, um, Kurt, gonna, let me find it. I saw that comment earlier. Well, okay, I'm not going to find it now. Oh, there it was. There it was. It says, Kurt says this, I haven't thought about this story for many years, but reading it today, I think of the rich, the powerful, the elite of the world consolidating their power and influence, which I'm assuming Kurt is talking about Nimrod. I think of them oppressing the people of the world, and I think of God separating them so that none of them could claim dominion over the whole world, but I could read this tomorrow and think something else. Which
1: yeah, it's common. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that, I think we all read things in, in depending on the context of the situation around us. Sometimes we interpret things differently, and sometimes I think God has a different message out of that that passage for us depending on the situation you're in. Uh, scripture pe- speaks to all of us in in many ways. Sometimes
0: that's right, and all of them are true. That's right. That's right. That's absolutely true. So as as we look through this. Um, let me know. Let me know what your thoughts are. Let me scroll through here and see if we have some. So, oh, y'all have been having a, conversa- Hell, oh, a conversation, conversation yeah, the whole, a whole time. Yeah, a are whole y'all even been listening to me? I don't. Yeah, they're
1: on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> ah, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah which is great. <laughs> yeah, but you know, in going back and in, and thinking about this, you know, is it is it oppression? What is the natural first human instinct that it is? It's oppressive. Yeah. You you know you you're you know you could even take it in that culture as God's afraid of us. Yes. You know Satan would be speaking to you just like he did to Eve in the garden. You know what? You guys build that that tall enough, you're going to be unreachable, and God is oppressing you because he's scared that you'll be as good as him one day, yes. and he won't be able to punish you further. And you should really build that tower.
0: Yes. 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 Rick, Rick Adams says in all, uh, all uppercase, sin, which this is really the root of sin. So we, we categorize, prioritize sin. Uh, for some people, you know, one sin is way worse than another. A little white line, not so bad, you know, and, um, and yet it's still at the core of all sin is the original temptation that we just talked about from Satan towards God, also, how he led Eve and then brought Adam in, and then how we see it with the just increase of chaos, and then we see with Nimrod, we see
1: we, throughout life and in our own lives is really us saying, my way is best. Yeah. and that's what Helen says. She says her answer is something else, Helen Adams. They wanted to glorify themselves rather than glorifying God, mm. which, which is the root of that sin that we all have is we do often want to glorify ourselves and not give God the credit for anything that he does for us
0: that's right Leslie wrote wrote this in the comments uh we have moments in our lives where we are tempted to think like Lucifer God is my equal not with intent but in being humans I think is a, a really great way to word that because sometimes we are blind to our own motives and our own intent Paul says that too okay yes He says, um, he was flawed, crazy, crazy flawed. He was me, he was you, and yet somehow God chose to bless him with his favor.
1: About King David. David. Yeah,
0: okay, good, good. I was... Mm.
1: Yeah, one of the responses from Paul was, if you may not can hear Leslie in the audience, was the fact that going against the, the grain, you know, is just... Sometimes it feels natural to us and sometimes it doesn't, depending on depending on whether it meets my own motives or not. Yes. If if going against the grain makes me feel good about it, I'll probably be a lot more likely to do it than I will if it's like, eh, that might not be such a good idea. That yeah. might that might blow back on me somehow and I don't want to go against the grain and rock the boat, so to speak.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah, Leslie has a good point. Some of it, God uses our, our natural inclination that he has blessed us with. Some of us have a more rebellious spirit than others. So no, no hands necessary in the audience, virtually or or physically. But some of us are more rebellious than others. And that can be turn to a good thing or a bad thing. We can use that rebelliousness against God or we can use it for him rebelling against the things that go against his kingdom and what he would have us to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We, it can, we can be rebelling against people that are being taken advantage of by others. Mm-hmm, we, there are mm-hmm. so many good things that, that we can channel that into that God can use it as a blessing or if we self-focus it, that rebellion can be all about doing what's best for me.
0: Yeah, and this is, this is why if we're going to be a follower of Christ, we have to come to the place of saying, God's ways are higher than my ways. God's ways are better than w- my ways. And I want what he wants for me. This is, this is really what God has, is doing through the entire redemption story. I'm rescuing for you from yourself <laughs> is, yeah. is essentially what he, but we have to admit that I need to be rescued from myself, which is not a popular way to view life or to talk about life. It makes you look weak. It makes you look like you can't handle it. And you need somebody else. We talked about that last week. You need a crutch. You need a crutch. And yet what God is saying is, I have so much more. This is where that beauty of walking with God is so much greater than than the tarnished folly of self-sufficiency. It is so beautiful to walk with God that if you have only followed in religious tradition and not truly known God for who he is and his love for you, then you can easily come into a, a belief that, well, this is oppressive. You should be able to do what you want to do. And yet... This is what Melissa um, says. God's dispersal at the tower is like he is saying, okay, kids, that you can't choose to do what is best for you. I'm going to change things up so you will be on a healthier path for mankind. Yeah. Which I, I think that's... totally agree with Melissa. And, but at the same time, I think a lot of people still view that as oppression.
1: Yeah. Helen says, what Adam says, would you say that that's more like discipline rather than oppression?
0: Yeah, yeah a, how many
1: times you've been disciplined and thought you were being oppressed when it was for your own good? Yeah, that discipline was.
0: Yeah. But they
1: feel the same. Yeah, in the moment, yes. Leslie says they feel the yeah. same. that's that's very true. The oppression and 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 discipline feel very much the that's same. That's right.
0: Yes. Yeah. When I was a kid, you know, you go to those gumball machines, and some of them have little toys in them, and they had like the little. uh you know, one-time use parachute guy. Oh, the you parachute guys, awesome! Yeah, you use it one time, and then yeah. a string breaks or something, yeah. or or he ends up on the in the gutter or, yeah. or in a tree or something. And I remember thinking I was very young; I was maybe six, seven years old. My parents, my parents are some, some of the most generous people that I know, and and Dad made a good living, but he gave a lot of what he made away, mm-hmm. and so that means he did not spend it on us now we had everything we needed and then some so I don't want you to think like you know we were begging for scraps or something but when we would go and I would say "Oh, I want a parachute man dad would say no I mean almost invariably once in a blue moon we could get something I remember thinking when I get older I'm buying all the parachute men that I want to buy I'm buying them all I'm a, every time I stop by one of these machines I'm sticking a quarter in and I'm getting me a toy, and I'm going to have a million of these things, which is very much the very same mindset. I am going to get what I want. And the yeah. fact that you won't give me what I want, you're oppressing me.
1: Yeah, yeah. come on, Dad. It's only a quarter. It's only, you know, a, quarter. It's only a quarter, Dad. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Josh Eskens says, if you talk, yes, <laughs> it is only a quarter. You know, you, But there is a – and I don't mean discipline as incorrective action – there's a discipline it builds in us, though, of what we should do in situations, as in how self control. And that's something we often don't think about, is God's often teaching us self control by the actions He brings against us, is to show us that, hey, you don't need to be doing that. Yeah. Yeah, Leslie says that's a cultivated fruit, something that you have, you to, have to work through. You have yeah, to work yeah. through to get there. Absolutely.
0: David says, is it liberation? The people certainly did not view it as such then a large span of time of God working in and through humanity, I would say yes it is. Especially uh, reference Acts 2 when this confusion of languages is essentially reversed when the Holy Spirit comes. Oh, that's and, good. So that's a really good tie-in. David. Yeah.
1: yeah, That's one of the things that Mark and I were actually talking about as we were, were, were thinking about this morning's message was you know how many times do events happen that God is uh, that God has put in place something that we don't see the big plan. We don't see the big plan that God confused the languages here so he could unconfuse them later. You know, there's, there, is, there were two purposes there. Obviously, God didn't want them building the tower for the, the various reasons we mentioned here. However, you know, that was a, a, a secondary result, like David says, later on in Acts. There's a miracle performed because of what God did way back here.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Melissa says, says this, which Scott and I actually had a little conversation about this before as well, um, responding to Helen. Kinda of makes me wonder if he's using COVID nineteen in a similar way. That's a that's a
1: tricky we, we that's don't a know. Trippy subject. Yeah, we we don't really know what God is doing right now. We do know, and this is where Rick's point and I think Leslie mentioned this as well, that trust comes in. I need to trust that whatever God is doing here, He's doing it to accomplish His will. Yeah. He's allowing it to happen, and He knows a bigger picture than I can ever see. And he may very well be using this to prevent something worse down the road, or he may be using it to teach us to come back to him. There are things we can't know the mind of God. He is so above us, but we can know to trust him and that he is doing what is best for us.
0: Yeah, so... So that falls onto the side of liberation, so yeah, Josh, if you, didn't, if you Josh's, didn't hear the
1: question uh, is what if that you know does that that confusing of the languages keep them from going back to the, the way they were the time before Noah, that they were all together and communicating and the society was being corrupted and going down down down
0: yeah yeah, yeah, um, that, which is a great point that are things really that great for them is is really the question you know they're still According to Josephus, Nimrod is increasing in his tyranny. He's becoming a worse tyrant. And as he's doing that, wh- tyranny requires a loss of freedom. <laughs> Otherwise, it's not tyranny. And so that oppression, they it is still a people oppressed, maybe blindly. And they've bought into all the things that Nimrod
1: has said. But that is a very good point. Um, I like this point from Christy Tothero. It's how simple yet hard to come to terms with. I need to be rescued from myself. Yes, that's that's tough because I think I know what's best for myself, and I may be driving myself in a direction that God knows is going to be total self destruction.
0: Yeah, yeah. Mur- John, according to Murphy, says before you go to much go much further, I'm putting an end to your pride. I think that's definitely um, part of it. But even that comment I- I- is based on is that oppressive by God not letting them continue in their pride. This is where different perspectives would view this story very differently whereas i would say pride it destroys relationships it destroys people and yet it feels so good because i'm so proud yeah. i just think i'm better than anybody else and yet no one else feels that way about you when yeah. you feel that much pride yeah, you know yourself, yeah. nobody really wants to be around you and but so you know liberation can
1: look very different these are great comments um yeah i like this one from amy como i think it's liberation because mankind left (laughs) to their own will will ultimately destroy themselves the loving god did not allow us to do that
0: yeah and paul i totally would have climbed up on the roof to get the parachute man Uh, Uh, thanks thanks for commenting on that
1: paul schreiner says who thinks mark climbed up on the roof with the parachute guy you know what that's the reason there there is a scriptural lesson in this this might be a bit of a stretch but i'm going to go here maybe it was because your dad wouldn't buy you the parachute man because he was afraid you'd get up on i only really get one of them
0: out every five years yeah, i yeah. better att-
1: or you would get up on the roof and hurt yourself throwing him off
0: listen if maybe you, it was for your own good if you've never taken a sheet and you know tried to make a parachute and jump off something and see if it would hold you then you didn't grow up when i grew up because that's what we that's how we entertained ourselves you had that one? Okay. All right. Um, so Emma says, my mama, that's Deidre, so I better read this. Yes. Says that she views this as liberation from Nimrod's tyranny so that the people would have to think for themselves and make the decision to follow God instead of following a powerful person. She, uh, okay, I won't read the rest of that. but. Um, <laughs> Why not? And I, I do want you to know that my parents are apparently watching because my mom just, or dad one just texted me asking about the parachute man. So, so they're watching too. I might have to. mm, I'm the parachute guy. You're
1: turning into Papaw. (laughs) (laughs)
0: mom <laughs> <laughs> says i'm turning into papa yeah well, that's my dad uh,
1: yeah the, uh, i would assume that means emma wants something that you're not letting her have so yeah, there might be a conversation <laughs> at the love house this afternoon that we're not seeing yeah um, well so in uh, all of these com- these are wonderful
0: comments and y'all are this is beautiful uh, so uh, for me this this falls into liberation for a lot of the things you all have already said Uh, And that is the fact that if we assume, it would be oppression if we assume they're headed on the best possible path. And we would uh, assume it's liberation if they are headed in a destructive path. Because we want to be liberated from the things that are destructive, but we don't want to be oppressed in the things that are good and and, and are healthy. So for me, we have to look at what are they submitting themselves to. But this brings us to another tricky place when do you save a people from themselves versus when do you just kind of let them go on the path and destroy themselves? This is a, a there is not an easy answer for this either. Yeah,
1: I like this comment. <laughs> oh,
0: what? Say that again. Oh, uh, Josh is saying his kids think he saves them from themselves way too often.
1: <laughs> I've met his kids. No, you don't, Josh. I, and, I know and, your I, kids. Probably all our kids think that about us.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Uh, Gwenro says, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, I will hear from, then they will hear from heaven and will for, I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sins and heal their land. Yes. If we don't have that opportunity to turn... It doesn't accomplish God's will. Yeah. You know, if we don't have free will anymore yeah. if, if, if we're not given that opportunity. So, so sometimes I think God orchestrates these things to allow us to turn from our ways and turn back to him.
0: Yeah. You know, I, one of the things we, we will often talk about is just the need for a change of perspective. And I, I love that Melissa brought up the coronavirus as what yeah. could God be doing through it. It would be interesting to know if there was a way to get some metrics on how many families are saved because they're forced to be in the house together and not off doing all the other things. How many kids' stress levels begin to fall because they don't have to jump from activity to activity to activity to activity and then excel in every single one of them. Truly, there are some really terrible side effects from – this yeah. kind of separation. And I want to say, hey, it's all good. Uh, and, and not to mention those who get sick and those who die. But right. but I wonder what good things will happen. And sometimes a perspective change does not come cheap. Sometimes it's very costly. And so I do wonder what perspective changes we are going to have as a result of all of this. Yeah,
1: and, you, and you wonder if, if, if God is using this how long is it going to take us to get the message? Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, how, how, long, how long does this go on? We, we read this message, the same message we find throughout
0: Scripture. Romans 1, 25 says, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity and the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Which, does that not fit this story?
1: I mean, that's Nimrod and the people following him. Yes. You know, you almost wonder if, the, if Paul writing Romans here had him in mind. Had him for in him mind. Because it's like, you know, remember back when Nimrod was leading the people? He made them turn to him instead of the creator to worship him instead of God. Yeah. And you, that's so so and,
0: fitting. And this is one of the reasons why we joke. Although we're not really joking about being equal opportunity offenders when it comes to political things. Because among believers, I I think that intent that Leslie mentioned a while back is sometimes hard to determine how much of our trust are we putting in our political leaders. How many times are we saying this political leader is going to rescue us? They're going to help us. They're going to give us the life that we want. And, and they
1: always disappoint.
0: <laughs> they always yeah. disappoint. You're
1: seeing the 2020 election campaign for president is taking place right now. There are things being orchestrated. Press conferences are being considered. Candidates, what they're going to say. All that is being orchestrated to make you choose one person over the other based on who you think will do the most for you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we're going to we're going to leave politics for now because we're we're running out of time. Genesis uh, 11, we're going to finish. This is all we're going to read for Genesis 11. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower. So this is also reminiscent of now God is walking in the garden and right. Adam and Eve are running and hiding. So the Lord came down to see the city. It's not like, I wonder what's going on in uh, you know, Nimrod's territory. Let's go check it out. And then he was surprised. He knew. But he came down to see the city and the tower which the children of man had built. Uh, interesting. In that word there, same word for Adam. Children of Adam. He's making the association <laughs> that you are following in the steps that I told you not to That's follow, cool. but yet we were following it anyways. Um, And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they have all one language. And this is only the beginning of what they will do, and nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. Come, let us go down there, confuse their language, so that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from, from there over the face of all the earth, which is what he told them to do in the beginning. And they left off building the city. They stopped. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of all the earth, and from there the Lord dispersed them over the face of all the earth. Problem solved. Yeah.
1: yeah. Does, that, does that tell us that no matter what we do, God's will is going to be accomplished? Yeah. It may not be the way we think it's going to be done, but God's will is going to win out in the end every time, no matter what man does. Yeah. I'm going gonna,
0: I'm gonna to jump down. Um, Jeremy, to the last four slides. I want to close with this. We're not going to read all the other stuff that I had. Um, This has been a fantastic conversation. I'm thankful for everyone who has commented and been a part of this. Um, Here's some takeaways that I'd like to leave you with. Number one, God is still calling you to go. He has not changed this calling. Now, as we go, this is reminiscent of Uh, The Great Commission, in which one of the last instructions Jesus gave to the apostles before he ascended into heaven was, and and, and a correct reading is, as you are going, share the gospel. As you are going, not just go and do it, but as you are going, which has always been what he has called us to do, be a people who are scattering. Now, for us, it's even more important than populating,
1: Right. We've got plenty of populating. In the yeah, we got, now. We,
0: we, we've populated the earth pretty well. Some would say we're overpopulated. Some would say, oh, no, we can handle a lot more people than this. But what now Our going and this constant going is now spreading a message of hope and love, joy, a relationship with God, forgiveness, life after death. Uh, and so our going, our scattering, we're still called to go. We're yeah. still called to scatter. And as we go,
1: we are also called. But tell people about the beauty of christ you know and one thing i think we have to be careful with in in god calling us to go is to be sensitive to the holy spirit's urging that the place he calls you to go today may not be the place he calls you to go tomorrow that's right that he may change that in your life as you're as he develops things in you as your spiritual gifts flourish and the fruit of being a christian is shown in your life he may very well change that path, yes. but you're still going. You're still moving and, forward,
0: going somewhere. And that's a great point about just following Christ in general. We have a tendency to think in vectors, like "I, I this is my life now. I'm going to start here. And I think, I think our generation, and, and especially those younger, view life differently. I'm going to graduate high school. I'm going to go to college or I'm going to learn a trade and I'm going to do that one thing for the rest of my life. And yet we find that is, Less and less and less the case. We're used to changing, following God. We have a tendency to think in vectors. God's going to call me to do this thing, and then I'm going to do that forever. That is not walking with God. Walking with God is, oh, here's God. I'm walking with, oh, there's God over there. I'm walking with God over there. It is just a constant following Him.
1: As a matter of fact, we see very few examples in Scripture where people's lives weren't dramatically changed at some point in time. It wasn't, you started here and, and ended up here, I mean... you you look at david he was a shepherd boy starting out you know you you look at that many of the disciples people that were fishermen and then all of a sudden they were were preachers of, of great power giving god's word there were so many people that didn't start out and end up where they thought they would
0: yeah yeah so yeah all right leslie's got a question Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, so Leslie's asking wh- why did they disperse? Why didn't they just stay there and all speak different languages, I guess? And you know, that's a good question. I think a part of that had to do with the fact of the the general human drive to be with people that you are like and so those who were together, had, those who spoke the same language tended to stay together. And, and that's not just by the clan of Shem, Ham, or Japheth. Even within each clan, they each had different versions of languages within each clan. But it, it drove them to no, no longer work together towards that end. And so they began to fill the earth. But we don't have a lot of information on, on that. Yeah. yeah yeah right right yeah,
1: yeah this 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 event that happened leslie saying you know that there had to be some fear there because of, of what god has done he's confused their languages and i wonder wonder too if natural human instinct played into this as well that because they didn't speak the same language and they didn't communicate if distrust began to mm. to grow in the community and so they're like i don't know if What's going on here, but I don't think I can trust those people because I don't know what they're saying. Have you ever been in a restaurant and somebody's speaking in a foreign language and you wonder know, if they're talking about you? Yeah. You know, and that's, that's an no. example of that. Yeah. I never thought that. You never thought that. Do you that? think that often? All, all the time. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are they're, talking, they're, talking about that. They are talking about you. They are talking but about then, but, but if you don't communicate and understand someone, it builds distrust. And I can see that driving them apart as well.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what we also see is what they were trying to do was protect themselves from fear. We're comfortable, we're strong together, going out, separating into small groups rather than us just staying together ourselves. That's that's uncertain. It's full of fear. And and this is true about God's call. God doesn't typically call you to comfort. God often calls you in places that lead to fear. Now, that fear may be you're an introvert, and now you're going to have to go talk to people. Well, that could be fear. It could be that you're being called to go to a part of the world in order to share the gospel, and you may or may not survive that. You know, you, you, there are, the gospel only goes to certain parts of the world with, at the cost of great peril to those who take it. That may be your calling. It could lead to fear. Your fear could also be something like, uh, you know, I don't want to give this thing up. I don't want to stop this I don't think I can this give this up. I, yeah. And God's saying, No, this is not healthy. This is not good for you. That could that can invoke fear. Uh, let's, you know, maybe maybe you need a substance to get through a day. Maybe you
1: smoke or need chewing tobacco, or maybe you need something stronger than that. And uh, how about this? How about going back to what we said earlier about us being individuals and self made? Yes. That God says, You know what? I don't think that path is what you need to be on and you need to give that up. Well, how am I going to make a living, God? I can't I can't possibly do this.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, it can. Um, the need for us to go like to mingle, don't not right now, but to mingle Mingle among different people. (laughs) For 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 Baptists to mingle with Presbyterians, you know, and you know, for us we mingle with Seventh day Adventists and to to mingle with people who are a little different from you, for those for Anglos to to mix with those who are African American. Absolutely. The mingling and saying, I'm gonna go to a place that may feel a little uncomfortable because I'm not used to it. But God's calling you to those places. But he's offering that call can lead to fear. And I I will tell you, you, uh, the third thing, you're going to be tempted to give into your fear by building your own tower. Yep. And some of you are loving
1: the coronavirus because your tower is your home. And you don't want to leave. I'm fortified within my home. I have food. I have supplies. Nothing can reach me here. You guys go and kill nothing, yourselves. And, and nothing you know.
0: unexpected's going to happen here. That's right.
1: I, I'm in I'm total good.
0: control. And so you're going to build your own tower. Your own tower uh, may be a worldview. Mm-hmm. I feel comfortable in this worldview. Maybe it's a it's a, a personality trait, pride, or being judgmental. Yeah. Uh, people who are judgmental want to feel comfortable about themselves so they judge others. So we can build these towers, and it's our fear that drives us to build them, just like it drove them. Nimrod's fear we talked about last week of being subservient to anyone else, now making everyone subservient to
1: him. And that that fear in that tower, Scripture describes that often as a stronghold in our life, a, a place that we can't get out of and get around without God's power.
0: Yeah, and... In those towers, God is still dismantling them, just like he dismantled this one, because he's calling us to a place of health, not to a place of security. Our security is not the, the freedom from peril or the freedom from danger or the freedom from pain or hardship. The kind of freedom that he's offering is transcending it all and walking with him through it. And so God is still dismantling the towers that we put up because of fear. Whether we see it or not, whether we like it or not, God is still up to the same thing. Yeah,
1: I, I've been thinking throughout this, this, this message today that it's like God gives us these Legos to build. He gives us all these Legos and we start building I mean, what we think they should look like. And God comes back and says, no, I don't think so. I'm going to take, and, take these back down and put them down here. Let's see if you get to the point I want you to this time. And it may be something like, you know, I love the Lego with the little propeller on it. That's just yeah. cool. And God may say, you don't need the propeller in your life. I'm going to put it to the side. Mm-hmm. And so God has this plan for us. And he's constantly, like you said, taking and reengineering and rebuilding things in our lives that, that we don't see he's even doing behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of this
0: story, I want you to remember, the whole 11 chapters is telling the same story. Creating, uncreating, Recreating. Just as God's stopping the building of the tower in the city, he begins to recreate by dispersing them across the world, becoming more in line with what they were supposed to be. This is happening today. Coronavirus sure feels like a period of uncreation. The period of recreations coming. We are going to get back out. We're going to get back out with a different perspective because of what we've just been through or what we're in right now. And so just recognizing God is continuing to move us. This is one of the reasons I, I don't see this as a story of oppression, but one of liberation. God is moving us to freedom in Christ. Paul describes being tied to our sins as being enslaved by them. He's moving us towards liberation. He's moving us towards freedom. And that is the great love and joy that we have um, in him.
1: Yeah. In, in thinking in the in the time that we're lived in now those those towers that God has dismantled in our lives, would you have thought this time in December that you would have possibly been out of work for two or three weeks, but it would be okay right? would you have thought that yeah you know would you have thought that God would provide for you? I don't think we would have, and I think that's some of the lessons he's teaching us as he tears that fear down in our lives is you know everybody's being like Mark said we're not being replaced one to one some of these these things that you know dollar for dollar you may not be taken care of. But we haven't seen people starving in our community, and the community is coming together and helping each other, which is what God wants us as Christians to do anyway.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Sharing. Leslie says sharing toilet paper. That brings up an image I don't want to know about. (laughs)
0: All right, we
1: were headed. We were going to end on such
0: a positive note before that, but. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. What was Nimrod's reaction? If you didn't hear Leslie, Amy had posted, you know, what did, I think it's Benjamin had it said, what, what in the world did Nimrod think when his, his kingdom crumbled before his eyes? Yeah, And all of his plans were, they couldn't even communicate to anybody. Nimrod completely felt oppressed, I'm sure. But yet the people were set free from his rule. But even in Imrod's case, he did continue on. He did. He, he did, did continue on. That's right. That's right. He didn't do God's will still, but he still continued on.
0: All right. Let me, let me tell you what we're doing for the next couple of weeks. And then we're going we're gonna to close in prayer. Um, I want you to remember next week, we're going to be taking communion together. Same time. We're taking it here. You're taking it home. Let me know if you want some of these um, and how many you need. Um, also, if you'd like to just pick up some bread. And you would like to pick up some juice or something to take and just, just have it at the house. Just pull it out when it's time. We're going to do it together. And there's, there's kind of a, a community. And even if we're in our own homes, we get to do this all together. So we're going to do that next week. Next week is Palm Sunday. It's a week before Easter. We're still talking about what Easter is going to look like. We're not sure. We're throwing out lots of ideas. And we may be asking for some feedback from you in this coming week. Um, but just rest assured, we will continue to serve we will continue to worship. Um, we will continue to to have community to ev- every way we can.
1: Yeah, and, and thank you guys for all the comments this morning. Unfortunately, we weren't able to get to, all, which is a good thing. There were so many comments this morning, and they were not just chatter. They were really good, insightful things yes. that, that you guys are thinking about. And you, know, you can always go to our um, our Journey Church group page and continue the conversation if you want to, even after the live. Videos over. If you guys want to talk about some of these things, that's what it's there for.
0: Yes, and I just want—I am so thankful for the number of people who have asked about ways of helping others, serving. That you're calling each other, um, whether you're getting on the journey group or you're just picking up a phone. Um, I, you, we have a very special community here. We're thankful for you. We miss you, and we're looking forward to getting back in the room the day that we have our first live worship again where we're all in the room together it's going to be a big party we're going to have a big party and we're looking forward to that i don't know when it's going to be yet um but when it does happen oh it's going to be a great and it will happen it will happen it will happen all right have a great week we're going to pray and then we will be talking with you throughout the week and we'll see you next sunday morning father god i thank you that you are a god who seeks to liberate us and to rescue us so that we can experience the greatest life possible, knowing and walking with you. I pray for those who are suffering and struggling today out of fear, anxiety. Perhaps they're considered essential in their workplace, and they're having to go out and and put their health at risk. Father, I pray that you would give them such a sense uh, that you are trustworthy. No matter what, no matter what happens, it's going to be okay you are with them father i pray for those that are just working tirelessly uh, to care for the sick to care for family members who are sick i pray that you would give them just the grace to keep moving forward i pray for families that are struggling and for some this has been a beautiful time to, to uh, deepen relationships with each other for others perhaps it is a time when uh, they're just struggling They're getting on each other's nerves. And I pray that you would just let your peace settle upon these homes. I pray that our communities would see us uh, and see the love that we have for them. And that you would give us opportunities to share this with them as well. Father, I thank you for uh, the the truth that we know uh, that we're going to be okay, that we are going to come through this. And Father, I'm also thankful that one day you're returning. Because this world, as wonderful as it is, hails in comparison to what you're bringing with you. And so I pray that you would just forever keep that on our minds. Father, we just thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Have a great week. Thanks, guys, for being with us. Yes. And we will see you at least next week if we don't talk to you before. All right. Thanks.